0: Love, talk, radio. Hello and a wonderful good afternoon to you. Good evening to my friends out there in New Zealand and Australia. As always, welcome to The Lion. I'm your host, David Matthew Brown. For those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. The show used to be called Inside Out, and we've moved it to a new title, The Lion. It's the same concept, and the intention is an intentional one. It is to bring on individuals or groups of people that are doing some good work on the planet. And so we've brought a variety of guests on the show. The guest you'll be meeting shortly is guest number 556. (laughs) It's getting a little crazy. So it's a blessing, and I'm honored to be doing the show and meeting some interesting people from all different walks of life, all different ways of going about life and walking the walk and all that good stuff. If you're interested in anything that I've done, if you're interested in my books, the Book of Light, the Heart Opening, or 90 Days of Heat: Freedom Through Moksha, which is based on my healing journey through my divorce, you can get that at either Amazon.com or Barnes And if you're lucky enough and you go to the Barnes and Noble in the Grove, there may be a couple copies left of 90 Days of Heat. But That said, without further ado, my next guest is not only an incredible actor, comedian, and musician, but he also is an incredible dad and human being, and I've had the opportunity to know him for quite some time. So without further ado, I want to welcome Justin Wade to the Lion. Welcome, Justin.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, David Matthew Brown of Flashmore Charter School. This is Justin Up from Vincent Bernie Wade Wings, Jr. I just love you. I I love I love your name. I just the David Matthew Brown. You should have a band.
0: Well, I told I just told someone a story uh, last night. I was at this reading, and I was talking to these young writers, and they were like, "No, no, I can't, I can't do that. Like, I just can't call people up. I have to have my manager do it." So I shared with them Mm -hmm. this story when I was at Cal State Long Beach. I was living in the dorm, and I called Brian Grazier up.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Ron Howard and Brian Grazier films. <laughs> and sure. I said yeah. to him, his secretary said, who is this? And I said, it's David Matthew Brown. <laughs> she said, David Matthew Brown, do you, do you have a number? And I gave her my phone number. And about an hour later, my dorm mate said, hey, man. Brian's on the phone for you <laughs> well, it was I mean, you Brian Grazier and he said what well, you just mentioned he said David who are you and I said I'm David Matthew Brown I'm an actor and I saw that you're doing a John Grisham production and I read the book and I'd like to be in it and guess what he called yeah. me in two weeks later <laughs> That's
1: hilarious. Because that's I
0: said, Justin, I said, I'm David Matthew Brown.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got a—that's a great, great name. Um, it's even—it's—it's uh, it's, it's stronger than Anthony Michael Hall. And um, <laughs> and it's right. blacker than Samuel L. Jackson. I just, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's that's good stuff. It's a it's a, yeah. it's a powerful name. You
0: know, I, yeah. Well, i I've, I've known you for some time, and I'm curious, what got you into comedy and acting and all that um, good stuff?
1: Well, um, well, I'm from Montreal, and uh, let me see. I uh, was planning on coming up to New York because I, I got bit by the acting bug when I auditioned for Urban Angel and okay. uh, it was a TV show in Canada and uh, and I almost got one of those in reoccurring roles um, I didn't get it but then I was, I was like eh, I'm not going to let this stop me so I thought maybe I could do some training, I'd love to get out of Montreal and uh, try my luck in New York City so I got accepted to Lee Strasberg in New York wow. but, I, but I didn't wind up going Actually, um, it just didn't seem like a right fit for me. And I became a personal trainer because I just needed some money. And and then that led to becoming an assistant to a physical therapist and then working with pre- and postnatal mothers and becoming a stretching flexibility uh, therapist. And so all of a sudden, I I went more down the medicine route. But in that uh, time, I would every Friday night, start going to Caroline's, because I had a girlfriend that was working there. She said, yeah, come in and check it out. So, I would go there right after work, and I saw Jerry Seinfeld, and I saw Chris Rock, and wow. I saw all these all these cats that were going up with them all that well. I mean, yeah, I've heard of them and stuff, but coming out of Montreal, you just didn't know um, that much about them. And, um, and I, and I knew Gary Shanley. He was my favorite. Like, I thought he was amazing. I actually had lunch with him one time on an HBO cruise going through the Mediterranean. And, uh, and he piqued my interest. He was the one that piqued my interest. And hmm. so I'd go down and I'd see these guys and they'd say anything that they wanted. I was like, okay, well, this is something that I, I might be interested in. And then, um, and then when I moved to L.A. about a year later, I applied for a job at the comedy store that told me I had to step uh, on stage and perform. And I was like, okay, I'll come back in another year. <laughs> and, um, and then, and then I came back and it was, you know, doing your stage time at the comedy store is when you're, when you're auditioning to become a paid regular, it's kind of like passing the bar exam. It's a complete rat race. There's a whole bunch of people there that are not listening. It's, very chaotic. Mitzi Shore is in the way back. Um, if you're lucky, she may turn over and glance at you and and listen for a couple of seconds. Even when she's not looking at you, she's listening. So uh, it took me three times to actually become a paid regular. I had to audition three times. And eventually I, I did.
0: And it's, it's been gravy since. What is it that you liked about Gary Shanley?
1: Um, what I loved about Gary was just, he had this cool demeanor about him, and a really hot girlfriend. I was, um, I was 21 at the time, and my father was a DJ, and he was hired to do the HBO Cruise I started off in Puerto Rico and uh, go through the islands. And um, I saw Gary, and it's the first time I had ever really seen a full live comedy show. And he did this, this set where I've never felt the urge so badly, where I laughed so hard that the muscle between my urogenital triangle section, like... Tightened up so much as if someone just <laughs> donkey kicked me. And I, I, and I had to pee all at the same time. Like, it was the most incredible show that I've ever seen. And so the next day, I saw him on the deck. And I, um, I just went up to him. And I was like, hey, you, you were great. And he was like, hey, why don't you sit down? I'll bite to eat. I was like, wow, okay. And so here's a wow. 21-year-old kid sitting with Gary. And we chit chatted, and he had me rolling, and just the, the the effortless approach to life, and I mean, as you know, that's how he made it come off as. And uh, and I would just sit there and marvel at him. and I was like, wow! And he's the funniest looking dude in the world, and yet he had the honest girlfriend. And it just it made me think because I came from Montreal. Montreal is very about like fashion, and everybody has to have. You know, good hair and cool clothes and tweezed eyebrows. And here's this guy who's, you know, he was a frumpy, but he wasn't a model. And I, I, I realized that it's not really what you. He's packing a good lunch, okay? It's not what your lunch box looks like, it's what's in it that counts. Right. And, um, and, you know, the girl that he was with was just like over the moon with him, like crying with laughter. I mean, it was hard not to love this man. Yeah, wow. he's great. He's great.
0: Think yeah. So when you when you when you're working on your material for for comedy, what is that process like for you? It
1: is uh, well. Everyone has a everyone has you know a different process, but. Um, well, What do you mean, like? Like, what do I do? How do I get to that? How do I find yeah, my jokes? Yeah, like, when,
0: when you're, yeah, when you're, you're, where's your material coming from? Is it just daily observations? Is it?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much whatever comes to mind, right there. Like, uh, anytime I have a conversation with somebody, and uh, you know, like, I, I really try to fight the urge whenever I think of something really funny, or if I have a funny conversation with somebody. And say, "Who, I got to write that down." That's one comic you know, mistake wow. I find that a lot of guys do. You know, "Oh, I got to write that down." It's almost just like it's almost like death to the joke. So, uh, you know, I I observe. You know, I I started about uh, twenty years ago, and I started reading Jean Carret and hey, uh, Jean Carret's uh, book on comedy. And his thing was just reach out the day before. you woke up at 8 o'clock, recount the events that happened the day before between 8 to 10, 10 to 12, 12 to 2, and so on until you pretty much go to sleep and think of um, things that were funny between those times and uh, like you know Drew Terry's thing is like write five jokes a day just think of five jokes a day and it's it's really just a muscle with anything, it's really no different than a paradiddle and drumming and uh soon uh, or you know uh, positive affirmations uh for for the you know the spiritually
0: inclined
1: you know once you <laughs> build the, once you build that muscle you uh, it, it comes kind of naturally and uh right. and you'll find that you know through your day to day life you know you're you're funny but it it is a muscle i mean there's people that are just naturally funny but you know, I'm always thinking of things that are that can be funny. So my process is really just anything that happens to come up, I write it down. George Carlin said, "Just write it down." So I'm, I I I will always have a pen with me, um, and I'll always have my phone where I take notes. And I have a whole laundry list of notes that I take, and I always I email myself at the event that if I ever lose my phone. But and once I get that material, you know, I just I talk it out, and then on stage. I just get up on stage, and, right. I, and I keep on working. And if something clicks, and I feel passionate about something, I just keep on working with that, you know. Is, that's pretty
0: is much the, how I is, it the pro- is the process of being a stand-up and also auditioning, are those experiences the same, or do you find that maybe stand-up's a little bit more challenging, or maybe acting is?
1: Um, I love stand-up for this. Um, when it, it helps me with audition. When I get up, if I can get up at 1 o'clock, in the mor- uh, 1 o'clock in the morning at the comedy store and perform in front of two people and make those two, those two people laugh, I can walk into any room and knock it out. Because it just gives you right. a ton of confidence. You know? And you're loose. You know? If you can do that, you can pretty much do anything. And the more right. I stand up I do, you know, the better it is. Um, stand up, I wouldn't say stand up is any harder or easier than auditioning. Um, right. I know a lot of comments that come in. I used to run camera for a number of years. I used to run camera for commercial auditions and periodically for theatrical, uh, you know, for movies and TV shows. And there'd be some calls that to come in that they just had no idea what to do. And the, just, you know, the fact that there's a bunch of people in there that aren't there to laugh, they're there to see if you're going to be the person that they want. And there's a camera, and there's a waiting room, and you know all that is extremely daunting, and sometimes it's really hard to go on with the w t f attitude you know like right. you do on stage um, uh for me personally, it helps when I'm on stage for whenever I'm going to audition rooms um because I've done both, and you know once again it's like going back to that muscle but if i'm if I'm on stage and, it, and I think it's the same thing for anybody really. Uh, people who do a lot of theater, a lot of stage work. The more you're on that stage, I mean, you, it doesn't make a difference whether or not it's in front of the camera.
0: You know, you, you know
1: what to do. It's really what's coming from the inside right. out. Um, but
0: there is. But I, will, I will say this, though, because when I was in my late teens, I was thinking about becoming a stand-up. So I would go to clubs and I watched the different headliners and different stand-ups until the adult show came and I had to go. But, what, like, if I was to go watch theater, that's an art form within itself. And then when you watch good comedians, it is like watching an art form. It, it's really incredible. Like you said, you know, some, some comedians, it's just natural. But, like, when yeah. you, for example, like, when you watch Jerry Seinfeld, he's giving you three punchlines. Right? Yeah. And, and that's Crazy. So it, that that's what I'm curious about. I'm curious about you as a up, when you're when you're up there and you're creating and that that creative life that you have up there because meeting you and being around you 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 are funny. You're naturally funny. And, I mean, I know it's a muscle that you've worked on, and it's who you are and and all that stuff, but. You're up there creating something. So is your intention in creating just making people laugh or no, or sharing with that audience your perspective of how you see things or both? Well, well
1: my my overall objective is, yeah, at the end yeah, is to make them laugh. Uh, There'd be nothing worse than I made the entire audience cry, and but they were, like, really happy <laughs> for me. <laughs> right, you know, it's like, hey man, great show. I don't know, I'm choked up, man. But I mean, it was really great. No, I don't want that. Um, <laughs>
0: you
1: know there's always with, with with what I like to do is, um, you know, it, it's it's a, it's a bit selfish. You know, I I like to there's things that I gotta that that I gotta get off my chest. There's things that I like to talk about. There's things that I think that it, I have to
0: yeah.
1: raise in people's awareness and. uh and and so I, I will take somewhat of a selfish journey, if you will, and and go about my own thing. And see, hey, I hope you you dig this because this is something that I um I've been thinking about for a long time. And in the process, I hope it giggles the hell out of you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And you know, I don't I don't really have a lot of things planned. You know, I I have, I have, I have, uh, you know, this kind of like transcendental, I can't even say the word, you know, form of comedy where I'm just like, I'll say whatever comes to mind. I have a blueprint and then there's things that I'll improvise while I'm on stage.
0: Beautiful. There's a lot of
1: improvisation going on sometimes. You know, Mm. when I did a tour for the U.S. troops in Europe, I I I flirted, and I don't always improvise all the time because um, I have to be careful because I'll say some stuff that you just, you know, you're just just not allowed to say, <laughs> um, I'm, and at times I'm a little edgy. When I'm in the comedy store, I'll cut up the storm. I can say whatever I want. I can say any word I want. I can talk about anything, But and, and I'll improvise a lot. But it, depending on the different shows and the different venues and the different countries, I sometimes have to be aware of what I'm doing. For instance, when I did the, U- the USO tours in Europe, and it was strictly for the American troops, I couldn't really talk about God. And I really couldn't talk about the President of the United States, whether I really like him or not.
0: Because they frown frowned
1: upon it. They, they frowned upon right. it, you know? I can not also talk about the war and you know, I slip on a black leather glove and and raise my fist to the air. say, hey, man, what's all this time about?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: right. So.
1: So yeah. So. It's, it's
0: so you changing. have. Well, you have an a interesting kind of phenomenon for me to watch. Is. This thing called Man Jam, is that correct? Is that the right word? Yeah. It's a and what thing. is Man Jam?
1: It's a, First of all, it's a horrible name. It's a horrible title for a show, but I love it. And yeah. um, it's, a, it's a show, it's basically, um, it's a web series right now, but it's a, it's a show, it's like Sex and the City, but before do the instruments.
0: <laughs> it's like sex in the city
1: Yeah So nice. Four guys that are approaching middle age That play instruments And um, And that quibble Like you know Four menopausal women And yeah that's us um, The show is um, Matt Carmody Myself Joe Paswell And Drew uh, Powell uh, For For uh, original cast members of the show, and it's basically following the uh, punk drum uh, day-to-day uh, events of our lives, and um, and it's funny, it's comedy, we play playing music, um, we have six episodes right now, uh, Drew Powell had to leave town, uh, he's a um, uh, weird beast. He's a, he's a character on Gotham. Uh, his name is Butch Gideon on Gotham. And wow. he is, uh, yeah. Uh, the show started way like, back like, two years ago. I don't know if anybody, I'm sure everybody's heard of Gotham. If you haven't heard of Gotham, it's, uh, you know, it's on one of the major <laughs> network TV shows. Just around the TV, you'll find it. <laughs> uh, I'm not a false But uh, he's doing great on it. And uh, his character on there is. I think I just said is butch Gideon and he is a henchman that goes around and he just kills people and he's really good at it and he's a terrific actor. but um, now he's uh, on hiatus. he's back so we're looking to shoot more episodes. Uh, in the meantime, what we're doing is on our off time when man Jam is shooting is we are also playing music and uh, just on this Saturday. We we're putting on a, uh, a benefit for Larchmont Charter School that our, our daughters go to, and uh, we're raising money to get instruments for the four different campuses of Larchmont. And we have a terrific deal with Guitar Center, and they have um, just really—I mean, just—it's just I'm—I'm it's just, I'm blown away, and Guy Moray. Guy Marai, M-U- M-U-R-A-I, Guy Marai, has uh, been at the forefront of making this happen from Guitar Center, and uh, this Saturday, May 21st, I'm plugging the show, David Matthew right? Um May 21st at the three clubs, we're doing a show from 8 to 10, and we have DJ Gloss, and going to be performing on the one and twos for us, go a little five dog tribute. In our show, we are going to uh, be paying homage to Prince, Laurie Swen, David Bowie, Amy Winehouse, Michael Jackson, Curtis Mayfield, Donna Summer, Rick James, and, uh, oh yeah, all those others. And uh, we have some <laughs>
0: artists that artists come in. Yeah, but all of us. Yeah. it out. We just went for like. We just for like. Right. Well, now when did now when does it start? It starts at eight until to 10. Right. And the, oh, and so people know it's, the it's the on Don't Vine in Santa Monica, right?
1: Yes, yeah, on Vine in Santa Monica. Yeah, free admission, donations at the door, and um, and uh, I guess I can send you a link or You know, if people want to make a donation, and also if you want it, dust off some of those old instruments you have in the attic or in the garage uh, and send them our way. Send them our way and we will give them to the kid and let the kids play them. So we're going to get the kids. Uh, we're going to need a drum kit, but this, um, we're, we're getting uh, drum, uh, drum pedals, kick pedals, cymbals, electric guitars, uh, bass guitar, bass amps, electric guitar amps, and, uh, yeah, and that's what we're going to do. And then after that, once we get all those instruments in there. I'm going to start my friends.
0: Uh, that's wonderful. Then I'm going
1: to get clinics. Yeah, Joe Pesquale, well, who's a phenomenal guitar player. He's also uh, one of the main uh, members of Man Jam. Um, Malcolm Moore, uh, who works there. These are, because we do double drums as well. He, uh, he's got friends that can come in and bring people. I'm going to see you, Dad. from Paul Simon. Uh know, probably one of the best drummers uh, alive today. Uh, and so, yeah, just start bringing all kinds of people. We have Chris Seyfried that's going to be playing along with us. He is the uh, Grammy-nominated producer for Audrey Day. Hot. And... Uh, well, it's, it's going to be a terrific, terrific event. I Emmy mean, secrets? David Ferreger, who plays bass for Alcicello. Uh, uh, some phenomenal, phenomenal words.
0: How, how can people find out more about Man Jam?
1: They can uh, find out more about Man Jam at uh, www.manjampheseries.com. Just don't have into Man Jam. <laughs> because you just type in ManJam and you're probably going to get posted on board. And uh,
0: I've had people say, hey,
1: man, I I, I looked up ManJam and uh, I was on it for two hours and I still couldn't find you." Well, (laughs) I'm not on the show before. What? I'm not on the show before. You have to punch in ManJam the Series. com, and message us. You can message us there, and, and on there, there will be really a list of how to make a patient message. And, yeah, give us your digits. We'll call you. We'll email you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: chat. We'll chat and be like, hey, what's going
1: cool. on?
0: And get on be like, What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Let me, yeah. have, let me oh. ask you a question before I let you go. I ask this question of all my guests. So I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Justin, What's let's say this you. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? What's my favorite curse word? Oh, I love this part. <laughs> Here, Here's the question. Let's say you, at five years old, are standing with you right now. What would you tell yourself? <laughs>
1: um... I would tell myself... I, I know exactly what I would tell myself. Um... And it's just it, how to put it into words so that a five-year-old can understand. Uh, I would tell myself that um, you can do whatever you want, and you're the best at whatever you do. You can do whatever you need to Whatever you want to do, put your mind to it. You can do it. I've never really – I've always done that, but there's times where it's trying. I have even putting together this production – it's been very, very fun. There's sometimes people that are working against you, or or, or or helping, and you have to almost rule yourself and, and, and almost foresee it happening before you, and kind of like you know, Al Pacino, maybe give him a second thought to
0: sit Fox.
1: All right, you know. Um, <laughs> That was so a horrible Al Pacino impersonation. That, that, that <laughs> is like uh, like that dog from the from the, the, the dog detective from the smoke commercials. Um, right. Uh, whatever. Inspector. Anyways, whatever. Anyways, yeah. Just whatever you want to do. Just don't oh. let anybody say no. Don't don't care if anybody tells you you can't. You can do it. And there's always a possibility. There's always, I love when people give me, um, they give me, uh, they'll throw shit in my way, okay? And they'll just say, hey, uh, this can't happen, or I got a problem with that. And I like to problem solve it. And turn it around and turn that shit into a paper machine airplane. You go, bam, there you go. <laughs> you have a problem? Boom. take that. what else you got? Okay? Because nothing is impossible. All I can't do is it's impossible. You know, I had trumpet players, I had a trumpet, trombone, sax, and a tuba player playing with And the tuba player, it was like, I need charts, music charts. I was like, I don't know trumpet, I've never played a trumpet in my life, how am I going to get charts, I don't even know how to read music. And um, sure enough, I, I came up with some funny ways, but I do about doing it, and now he's happy, he's got what he wants, and what I I it like
0: lyrics it's amazing
1: <laughs> I, Justin I said, this is where it goes
0: Justin we're almost done I want to thank you for coming on the line and we will see you on Saturday oh okay we gotta go we gotta go hey, we gotta go we gotta go Take nice <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> alright brother bye bye okay